Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. And we're talking about the dampest songs in history. Hello, and welcome back to the America's Damp 40 season of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, a.k.a. PJ Banaka, and I'm here for our Top 30 episode, as always, with Shadow Watkins, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Hey, groovy chick. It's, uh... It's kind of a groovy episode this week. Uh, Like I said, we're adding five more songs to the mix. We now have a top 30. We're three quarters of the way through. I I mean, a couple of these songs are really going to try our our determination to to get through this entire damn 40. It was a battle to rank them this week. I don't know about you. Well, as we've now got so many songs in contention... I'm finding that there are challenges not only at the top and bottom, but also in that great middle swath where you have to decide what makes number 14 slightly more damp than number 15. Yeah, I it's a right around number 17 for me is where for some reason there's a lot of challenges. But before we let you know which songs we're adding to the list today. Uh, a word about some other challenges. I am not in my home office and uh, it might get a little echoey and background noisy. And, you know, I'm sitting on the floor of a spidery basement in Massachusetts. Um, so we're all going to go on this journey together to to PJ Banaka's vacation land. Um, but let's let's hope for the best and expect the worst, like we do with the songs that we're talking about this week. Mark, can you give us the rundown? Oh, yes, I can. Okay, first up in this week's batch, we've got Lotta Love by Nicolette Larson. Then we've got Make It With You by Bread. Mandy by Barry Manilow. Operator, parentheses, That's Not The Way It Feels by Jim Croce. And Sharing the Night Together by Dr. Hook. I mean, a doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Did he go to Upstairs Medical College? (laughs) Yeah. This was a tough one, like I said. So why don't we get into it? Yeah. Well, then up first, we have Nicolette Larson. As I said, she only had this hit. This was it. It reached number eight on the Hot 100, and was written by none other than Neil Young. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, And I think without further ado, we should just dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Sarah, I can remember the exact Chase Bank ATM vestibule I was in when I heard this song for the first time. Where was it? 
It was the one that's right down the street from my house, just right here in Midtown Manhattan. I'm pointing at it like anyone can see me, but it's uh, just right there on 7th Avenue and 53rd. And I was just getting money out and I was struck by the vocal because it's a nice vocal and it caught my attention. And I thought, well, she sounds soulful. And so I shazammed it. This was maybe six or seven years ago and learned it was by <laughs> Nicolette Larson, who I have since learned died really young. She was 45 yeah. in 1997 when she died of a cerebral edema. So that's, or brain hemorrhage, I guess is another way of saying that. So uh, she didn't live very long and she only had this one hit, but here she still is. And uh, Sarah, I... I don't really feel like I have a ton to say about this song other than that. I think it's nice. It has a certain uh, lounge at the Holiday Inn vibe to it. She's got a great vocal, like I said, and that might be it. Yeah, I I feel like there is an electric flute present um, that an attention must be paid. Um, I... <laughs> I also will note that she had that super long Crystal Gale length hair that as a child I would have idolized. Um, that was like my, you know, that was hashtag goals when I was right. like four. I I really like this song, but it's also this like, it, it almost feels like a placeholder for every song like it, if that makes any yes. sense. Um and I also don't think that it's that moist lyrically. Like the sound is er damp 40, but there is a certain emotional real politic and um, weariness to this song that I, I don't think is that moist. Like once again, you have a um, fairly cynical female vocalist just talking about trust and division and whether she's willing to undertake this big job of um all this love that will be necessary for them to bridge the divide between either them their hearts or their genitals so i just don't i don't think it's that moist where did you rank it pretty far down the list because like you said the sound is moist but other things are not and i actually almost think the vocal is too forceful to be truly moist somehow right. but I, I put it all the way down at number 23 out of 30 and that gives it eight points from me and the listeners put it at number 18 which gives it 13 points from them yeah i sort of split the difference and had it at uh, 20 so i th uh -huh. that's 11 points i think Yes, it is. I it's, have a spreadsheet with all sorts of formulas in it that tells me that's so. Yeah, we're getting into like BC calc right now. It's, <laughs> it's not cute. Do I get to take an AP test at the end of this season? I hope so. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, a lot of like I have a lot of love for the song. I'm just not sure it belongs here. I think we're probably not going to talk about it again. Yeah, I think that this is probably the the short uh, career of Nicolette Larson on this show. But honestly, it is a good song, and I'm not sorry to be listening to it when I am listening to it. Nope, me neither. That might not be true about our next song, but I have a question for you. A, yes. did you see anywhere in your research about Make It With You by Bread that Bread is actually B-R-E-A-D with like periods after each letter? No, and thank God I didn't. 
Okay, I spent 20 minutes on the internet trying to figure out what that was an initialism for, and I think that it's just somebody being an asshole on Wikipedia and, like, fucking with us because I couldn't find any backup for this. But, listeners, if you either know what is up with that or um, can make up something that bread would stand for... Please let, let us know at Talk Songs on Twitter. We're here for it. <laughs> um, so since that's not a fact chart or otherwise, do you have any other chart facts about? I certainly do. You? This is one of the oldest songs on this entire season. It was released in June of 1970 and it reached number one. Yes, that's right. It's Bread's biggest hit. Number one. Yeah. Um, and it has make it with you in the like right in the title. Like that's yep. that's some sopping wet intent right there. But let's hear a clip and then talk about whether this is actually that moist or if it's just kind of sixties. Life is for us to keep. And if you're wondering what this song is leading to I won't make it with you I really think that we could make it good Ugh, that vocal is really sexy to me. Do you like this song? That little... That little flutter that he does at the start of the verse lines is quite erotic. Yes, I agree. I think this song is very seductive, frankly. Yeah, but I also think it's like pretty open about being seductive. Here's my thing with this song. I think that you, I mean, first of all, Make It is right in the title. So that, you know, that's probably going to keep it out of the basement of my rankings, but I think he's being pretty forthright about like, I think he sincerely believes that um, the them boning will lead to a valuable partnership. And then even if it doesn't, he's like, let's not waste our youth not having sex. (laughs) But I guess it comes down to if you, the listener or you Mark think that he's trying to work the, the object of the song like that he's trying to mm-hmm. get over versus just being pretty straightforward about how he feels. I don't think he's trying to work her because I think it's too early chronologically. I don't know why I feel that, but I feel that this is a more sixties earnest, uncynical, like let's begin that connection with mm. our genitalia um, but I still I still put it like right in the middle. Number 16 for 15 points. All right. Well, Sarah, we've had a great run. And this is a part. This is a moment now where two wet roads diverged in a wood <laughs> Two two and- muddy trails. <laughs> yes. um, to me, this song is ideal for a hit from 1970, because to me, it opens the door to everything else that we've been talking huh. about. Okay. 
So for me, I hear the I want to make it with you clearly meaning I want to fuck you followed up by I really think that we could make it girl mm-hmm. trying to confuse us into thinking that maybe when he says make it, he means endure. Oh, and okay. I hear that as being the kind of shit that you say to someone when you're on a banquette <laughs> and maybe you've got a little bit of sweat on your exposed thigh that's making your thigh stick to that big cat. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the slight schwick as you lean over to whisper this into the ear of a woman <laughs> who is holding a drink with grenadine in it. Uh-huh. And to me, it is incredibly seductive, completely wolfish, very straightforward about all of that. But because it has that smooth jazz sound and because it has, I think this lyrical trickery in it, it is not as blatant in its subterfuge as later songs, but to me it is the template from which all these other songs um, rose. Gotcha. Honestly, for me, just the fact that it's called make it with you. I just, God, that's just, I, I doff my cap. And my Jimmy hat to you, Brad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like I said, I think that much depends on whether you interpret this as a more subterfugeous yes. seduction. Yes. Um, I think it's also very successful and not pathetic. So there's that. But so where'd you rank it? Girl, number one. Wow. Yes. This to me is the foundational text. It is the genesis in the book of moist. Okay. Moisture. Book of moisture. (laughs) On the the first day, God created moisture. And, you know, I haven't brought it up in any of the earlier episodes for obvious reasons. But as we've been talking about all of these other songs, I've actually had a test I've been doing where I think, okay, how indebted is this song to Make It With You? That is how strongly Make It With You is lodged in my mind as the exemplary uh, moment of moist music of the 70s and early 80s. Wow. All right, so so who did the listeners agree with? You or me? They, they put it in third place oh. uh, with 28 points. So my avant-garde... Like, oh, they're just wearing Paisley and it's fine. I'm, that's just me. Okay, gotcha. Well, we'll see, but it could be. The, but see, that's the thing. I think we can both be right. And I think that depending on, honestly, the time of day and the location of the bar, both of these things could be right about this <laughs> song and the narrator therein. <laughs> I think that's true. Oh, boy. I will also say that somewhere in this process, I reach a point every time that I'm preparing for an episode where I'm listening to these songs and I think, yeah, soft rock is the only music. There is no music but soft rock. I should only listen to this forever. And this song has some sort of weird effect on my brain where I think, well, this is it. This is the only music that shall ever be. It's very strange. It's like, no wonder this music held on because eventually it just somehow sandblasts the memory of all other songs out of your body is my experience. (laughs) I mean, look, have I had Key Largo in my head for two months? Yes, Bogey. Well, perfect example. Uh, last night, as we're recording this, last night I dreamed about the song Mandy, which is up next. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I don't know what to do with that information, but the the chorus of Mandy was in my dreams last night. Oh God. Okay, so should we hear a clip or do you have any other <laughs> Um just to say that this like Make It With You is a number one hit uh from Barry Manilow. It is a cover of a song that was originally called Brandy, but by the time that Barry Manilow recorded it, there was a song that was a hit by Looking Glass called Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. So it was renamed Mandy to avoid confusion, much to the chagrin of everyone named Amanda in this great land of ours. (laughs) This was Barry Manilow's breakthrough hit as a recording artist. He had already been playing the Continental Baths, supporting Bette Midler and other such things. He had also written, oh, there's some famous jingle that he wrote, Sarah, that I just flew out of my head, but we still hear it today. I can look it up while we're listening to the clip. Anyway, the point is, here's a little clip of Mandy by Barry Mandylo. Um, before we hear the clip, I'd also like to add, um, although it's probably too late, that uh, the original author of the song, that there's like an urban legend that this is about a dog. That is not the case. It's just something right. the original writer of the song said to some reporter so that the reporter would fuck off and then it like became canon. That's not true. So, yes, thank you. That is good. We did. I think it is important that we address that. This song, in fact, not about a pooch. No. Um, but is it a dog with fleas? Let's hear a clip and then we'll discuss. <laughs> Well, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, okay. This is the aural equivalent of a purple Glade plug-in with a pink satin bow on it. Uh, I, I I don't doubt his commitment. Um, and I feel embarrassed for him. And for Mandy, who is probably called the police, um, but even though the sound is moist and even though Barry Moistolo could basically be his, you know, stage name, I I didn't have this ranked that high Mm -hmm. because the what is causing the discomfort is not subterfuge. It's the total lack of subterfuge. That, uh, oh, God, I mean, it's it's just naked, like he's only wearing a saccharine Speedo, and um, <laughs> I, I kind of don't want to think about it or this story. Uh, I mean, uh, the, there's a lot going on here, but I don't think any of it is lyrically or emotionally moist in the sense that we're talking about it um you could 
interpret this as a con or like a you up text that's just um, dripping with self-pity. I I didn't go there. So I had this 18th with 13 points to my own surprise. But I just like, is it pathetic and pathetic? Yes. But I, I think it's also sincerely like thanking her and hoping that she will, you know, get back with him because he's a sad artist. And I, I'm not sure there's a boner involved. What do you think? <laughs> Fairly or unfairly, I can't divorce the knowledge that Barry Manilow is gay from the fact that he is singing this song, which means that it is inevitably just a character. And look, I understand that every single song is performed by a character. Like all of these songs are that, but I don't know. I just, you just know for a fact that Barry Manilow doesn't mean it. Well, <laughs> so. but, and in the clip that you pulled, it does sound like he's saying Manny. <laughs> so hmm. like that show from the grinder with Fred Savage and Rob Lowe. Is that the show? No, there was some show where somebody was on a show called the Manny, like an actor had been on a show called the Manny. I, th- I think that's it doesn't right. Matter. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Joey from friends? Maybe. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, but that being said, look, that's not a, that it's not a fair way to evaluate the song. Um, because obviously all of these songs are being performed in the style of characters, uh, as much as they are being formed by real people about their own lives. So Mandy to me is like you said, just really emotionally, uh, unguarded in a way that's a little uncomf. <laughs> and I, I just disregarding the moisture for a second. It is a song that is brutally effective at getting stuck in my head. <laughs> yep. I don't necessarily like it, but I respect it in the way that one respects an enemy. Yes. I mean, and also, I'm standing on the edge of time. Okay. Oh, and there's a Simpsons episode where he, Homer is going to maybe have an affair with a plant coworker named Mindy. Sure. And he sings, oh, Mandy, you came and you gave me a something. And he just gets all the words wrong. And I'm like, I feel you. Um, But for me, I agree with you, Sarah. I actually put this song two places lower than you in 20th uh, with 11 points. And the patrons uh, put it in 12th with 19. Mm. So a very middle of the road experience for our boy, Barry. But you know what, Barry? We know you don't need us because you've got plenty of royalties coming in from Copacabana, which, as far as I'm concerned, is Barry Manilow's signature song, despite the fact that it peaked at number eight and this peaked at number one. Um, I I can't believe that. Justice for Copacabana and also for (laughs) myself, because now that will be stuck in my head for the rest of my life. And I'm fine (laughs) with it. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. 
That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Oh, God. Um, okay, I am very eager to hear where everybody else placed our next song, uh, Operator, parenthesis, that's not the way it feels, by the late, great Jim Croce. Shall we hear a clip? Uh, yes, let's. Living in L.A. With my best old ex-friend, Ray. Gosh, you said you knew well and sometimes hated. Isn't that the way they say it goes? Well, let's forget all that and give me the number. All right, talk to me. So this song peaked at number 17. It was Jim Croce's second ever single, the first being the classic You Don't Mess Around With Jim. No, you don't. And uh, Sarah, I don't know about you, but part of me went down a journey of trying to remember how the technological logistics of this song work, because this is just not how we make phone calls anymore and really wasn't the way we made phone calls when I was growing up. So I had to do actual research. Well, I didn't have to. I chose to do actual research about how one used to use the operator in the making of a phone call. And there were numbers that you couldn't dial directly. Sometimes you had to get the uh, operator to help you. And so I feel like the number on the matchbook being old and faded, it's either I'm going to give you her name because I can't read the number on this matchbook or it's old and faded, but I still need you to complete the call. Either way, the operator is there. The operator used to be someone that you would have to talk to on the regs to make phone calls. It's a completely forgotten culture now. And that's one of the reasons I think this song is so interesting because it locates this emotional experience in a technology that is completely illegible to a modern audience. And it's not that old, but it's still old enough uh, that we can't hear it anymore unless we do dramaturgical research. It's like kind of like the way certain things work in Shakespeare plays or whatever. So I think that alone makes this song really interesting. And once you've done the excavating of understanding the technological context, I think this song becomes pretty heartbreaking. He's so yeah. lonely and he's talking to this stranger who is just trying to do her job and he's trying to convince her and therefore himself that he just wants to call and check in on his ex-girlfriend and his best friend who apparently is now with the girlfriend. And he's trying to 
convince himself that it's fine, that he just wants to talk to them. And then at the end, he realizes, no, I can never get over this. And he says, you can keep the dime to the operator because in the past, the operator would release the dime back to you from the phone if your call did not get connected. And the whole thing is just so sad and melodically pleasing. There, Sarah. That's, oh, but that being said, I don't think this song is moist at all because I think this song is just, it's bereft. And being bereft yeah. is not the same as being moist because you know you're not getting it in tonight unless the unless you're talking about getting another uh, Miller High Life in your gullet because that's all you've got left. So I rank this song really low on its moisture at number 26 with five points, but I do really like the song itself. This, I went on a journey with this song because it does have a very you up feel at the beginning, except we didn't have the technology for you up. You had to have the operator help you ask you up. But that's it quickly. <laughs> Hello, becomes, the caller would like to know if you up. The, the, it quickly becomes evident that that's not what's going on here. And there's a very country feel to the precision of these bereft lyrics, like you said. Uh, my best old ex friend, Ray, like the order in which all of those qualifiers come is very intentional. Um, Part of the reason he can't read the number is because he is crying. Yes. Um, it's, you know, there's some dust in my eye. Funny how that happens. The love that I thought would save me, which is almost a throwaway line. And like, if you want to take the angle that he is trying to get the operator to pity fuck him because this beach <laughs> went to the West Coast with fucking Ray. Uh, okay. I'm not I'm not going to argue with anybody about it, but I don't think this is moist at all. I think this is um, tragic, honestly. And if I were that operator, yeah. this moment would never have left me. 50 years later, I would still think about that guy and be like, I hope he's OK. I hope he didn't put the receiver into the cradle and walk into traffic. This is dead last for me. One point. You know what? I think that is completely fair because, oh, yeah, again, being bereft or being tragic, it's not that's the antithesis of being moist in the terms of this season. Yeah. And uh, the patrons had this floating the patrons. I always say that, but the listeners in regards to this poll, they had it floating in the middle at uh, number 18. So that's 13 points from them, five points from me, one point from you. So only 19 points total for uh, operator a good song that is not moist yeah agree and uh oh but I, however sarah now we've got dr hook <laughs> i don't new jersey's own dr hook uh let's hear a clip because i think we might not agree about the relative moisture levels of this guy oh okay ready to listen here we go yeah Kind of lonely girl Would you like someone new to talk to? Oh yeah, alright I'm feeling kind of lonely too If you don't mind Can I sit down here beside you? Oh yeah, alright If I seem to come on too strong I hope that you will understand I say these things cause I'd like to know if you're as lonely as I am And if you'd mind sharing the night together 
Oh, 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 oh yeah, Doctor <laughs> Hook. Ah, tell me how you're feeling about the moisture of this good old Doctor Hook hit here. Um, I don't know why, because sharing the night together is a very goofy, moist euphemism that reminds me of Dylan McKay telling Brenda Walsh that uh, they're going to be enjoying each other at the spring dance, <laughs> like barf. <laughs> um, and this has a very moist sound and all the like, oh yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know, I'm I'm definitely getting a sexual healing light vibe from this which that's correct yes which should either be super moist or not moist at all and i went not that moist at all because i just think that there is too much collaboration and um seeking of affirmative consent from narrator to object that he's like this party is sort of bogus we both don't really know anybody else you seem <laughs> fine. Let's do some shots and fuck. Like, uh, okay. I mean, she can say no. He's asking at every step of the way, like, can I sit next to you? Can I keep hitting on you? Let's dance. How about now? I, I mean, he's maybe a little bit of a pest, but, but I he's pretty forthright about tr- being a pest and trying not to be a pest. So this isn't that moist to me because he's very direct about it and also it's got an r&b flavor to it that is not um like the pathos is not there despite the narrative setup so right i had this pretty far down the list 27th four points Ooh, yes not a high scoring moist your moisture index for you Mm-mm. um so Dr. Hook is one of those bands that I had heard of, but somehow didn't know any of their songs. Mm-hmm. And in preparing for this episode, I really went far down the Dr. Hook road because Dr. Hook had six top 10 hits in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, including Sharing the Night Together, which reached number six, and a song called The Cover of Rolling Stone, which got the band on the cover of Rolling Stone <laughs> in 1973. Very crafty. Uh, They have a wonderful song called Sylvia's Mother that I had never heard until two days ago. It peaked at number five in 72. It is really, really good. It is a song about calling your girlfriend Sylvia. Sylvia's mother picks up, says that she isn't here, doesn't know when Sylvia's going to be back. And then she slips up and says something to Sylvia. And the guy realizes, oh, no, Sylvia just doesn't want to ever talk to me again. Oh, wow. It's so good. And both that and the cover of Rolling Stone were written by Shel Silverstein. <laughs> that that factoid about Dr. Hook is bonkaloo. I mean, okay. Also, Dr. Hook is this band that was so overt about its own trashiness <laughs> that I kind of am obsessed with them now. As you know, because I was telling you about it the other day, on the album that they released called Sloppy Seconds... Oh, nope. There is a there is a hidden song also written by Shel Silverstein called Looking for Pussy. And it is not a euphemism for a kitten. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's a single entendre. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like, yeah. Is it still moist if you're just being very direct that it's like this party is making me sad because I don't know anyone? Let's fuck. Like, how is is that moist? I don't know. 
What did you, where did you put it? The answer to that is no, it isn't that moist. And I have ranked it incorrectly. So this is a one-time only ranking for me because I've now, through listening to you and myself, talked myself out of thinking this band is moist at all. (laughs) I think it's mostly because I was just really into this song, frankly. Like, I really like it. Yeah, it's groovy. Um, um, But I put it at number four for now. Okay. Which I regret, but here we are. I'm going to stand by my choices. You know, sometimes we get a president that we regret, and that's a lot more consequential. It's And Um, this is not final. We can change it. Um, we, by the time we get to next week, uh, they will not be in fourth place, but, uh, the patrons put them in sixth place. Mm. So that's 27 points from me and 25 points from them and a scant four points from the, yeah, you know, it really is just, they, I don't know. We talked about this when we talked about pour some sugar on me by Def Leppard, mm-hmm. where, Sometimes there is a way to be really upfront with your horniness that's actually kind of charming and non-threatening. Yeah. And it's like this pour band some sugar on is me that. If you want. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, oh do you want to get with me? No? Okay. I'm just gonna keep on dancing over here with a coke in my hand. <laughs> and if somebody wants to get with me, you can, ladies. And eventually somebody's gonna be into that and they're gonna go home. And they're going to have a nice evening of consensual lovemaking yeah. on the love rug. <laughs> on the love rug, freshly cleaned for just this eventuality. Ooh, this is in Fox. Um, okay, so now we're going to take that moment where the magic of editing makes it seem like we're going to ta- calculate these scores in four seconds or less. y'all we've got our tallies for episode six i'm going to run through the placements of our new songs and then give you the overall top 10 for our ongoing countdown our lowest ranking new contender is perhaps unsurprisingly operator uh which comes in that sounded like i'm waiting for a girl like you but doesn't matter uh operator by jim croce comes in at number 28 with a mere 19 points and then Lot of Love comes in at number 24 with 32 points. Then Barry Moistolo <laughs> comes in at number 17 with 43 points. Okay. And Sharing the Night Together uh, is as high as it's ever going to get based on some decisions I've made. It is number 14 with 56 points. Good, good for you, Dr. Hook, PhD. <laughs> now, coming in in 10th place, hanging on strong, Sarah, still is Dance With Me by Orleans. All right, buddies. Don't Let Me Be Lonely Tonight by James Taylor at number nine with 59 points. Mm-hmm. Lady at number eight, uh, 63 points for Kenny Rogers. One point higher at 64 points, Arthur's Theme in seventh place. Huh. Uh, in sixth place, Hello by Lionel Richie with 66 points. 
Then we jump up uh, quite a few points, and this is where we find Bread Make It With You, really driven by me and the listeners today. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes. They've got 73 points in uh-huh. fifth place. Um, How Much I Feel is in fourth place with 79 points. Mm. And in third place with 80 points is Cool Night by Paul Davis. And then Hanging On Strong, our top two remain unchanged from last week. 84 points in second place. That's Maybe Come Back by Player. (laughs) And they're only one point away from a perfect score, Sarah, because you and the listeners put them in first place and I put them in second. It's I'd Really Love to See You Tonight by England Dan and John Ford Coley. Oh, the reign of the Dan of Terror, the unwelcome Dan of Terror. (laughs) In this countdown. Oh, gosh. Well, listeners, thank you so much for helping us to rank these. We know that the math is getting ever more advanced. Hang in there. Just two episodes to go. It's very Go wring out your socks and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, and uh, as always, you can find uh, the CENTCOM for America's Damn 40, which is all the polls, all the discussion. And uh, if you choose to become a paid subscriber uh, to our Patreon, then you'll have access to our happy hours and prom. That's all at patreon.com slash mastass. Talk to you next time. Bye. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube